Bible has been around, read, adjusted, and interacted with for literally ages. Greg has read it so you don't have to, and now births into the world, Better Bible. Before we begin, as you will be listening to a retelling of Bible, please note that trigger warnings are in place for racism, xenophobia, violence, sexual assault, rape, child abuse, incest, animal cruelty, and more. Welcome to A Better Bible. which is alluding to the brevity of each of these following 12 books. It's not shorthand for shit prophets. It's not a naming system based on how accurate their prophecies were or how broad it was. Okay, let's get into this. God tells Hosea to marry a prostitute. Sorry, didn't mean to use that word. Not very biblical of me. Get yourself a wife and make sure it is a woman of whoredom. Just like how Israel is a whore. Right, for the people at the back, this prophetic story isn't so much a prophecy as it is a heavy-handed metaphor. Like, insanely heavy-handed metaphor for how God's people are whores. That's right, still unfaithful little sluts who turn their back on him over and over. Now, this isn't a hot take or an analysis based on any in-depth research. This is the raw text saying get yourself a wife and make sure she's an unfaithful whore. No matter how much you love her, see? It's not nice. It's not nice, is it, Hosea? God lets Hosea know that his wife will give him three children. I am now going to butcher the pronunciations of those three names. Jezreel refers to some bad bullshit that went on. Lo-Rahmah, uh, meaning no pity, and Loemni, meaning not my people. God goes on to say how Hosea only has three kids, but God's children are like grains of sand, like millions of the bastards, and hellishly annoying. God starts seeming to wind himself up here by saying how his chosen people are not his people, and they're nothing but traitorous pricks who he will have nothing to do with, even though he's proper race to them. Oh, oh, go on then, they are my people really, and I guess I do love them. It's a busy first chapter, isn't it? Well, hold on to your hat, because chapter two is next, and we have a shift. Hosea's being all autobiographical rather than God-narrating, right? Talking about his cheating wife being a whore and how he will kill the kids that he just had with her because she's a whore and also whore. It then goes on about how she, the adulterous wife, will chase after all her lovers but she'll come crawling back to Hosea because he treats the ladies right and he's got wool. It reads like the sort of manifesto you find after some guy's shot up at school. It's terrifying. It switches between the cheating wife and God's cheating people, pointing out essentially that God can hurt them but is choosing not to. For now, we now come to what many biblical scholars would call the prophecy proper, but I would argue is the mental threatening words of a psychopath. God's definitely angry at all his people, so all the good things are about to end. The animals and the crops and the fish and the birds are all going to go. Not die, just leave. They will be alone and helpless. Everyone's mum is to be destroyed. God says that his people will be destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hang on, God. Isn't this the same God that was all pissy about Adam and Eve defo not eating from the tree of knowledge? Isn't this the same one who was all kinds of do as you're told, don't ask any questions? Now, all of a sudden they'll be punished for not having 
knowledge. And I said, yeah, but when I said don't have any knowledge and don't seek it out, I still wanted you to, you know, have some. Well, don't you think you could have maybe said that earlier? Whore. What was that got? Nothing. No, it, it was something. I didn't even say anything anyway. If you've got something to say, just come on out. As I said, you're a whore with all your gods. And, oh, look, it's a ball. And, oh, look, that one's a cow. And that god's a woman one. And isn't she pretty? Well, if you love all those Canaanite gods, why don't you marry them? Maybe we will. Good. I want you to. I guess like proper petty. God saying if children forget the law, he will forget the children. God goes on and on about how judgment is coming. And Israel and Judah will fall. All because they are awful like the worst. Now, this is probably a question for proper Bible experts and I think I've mentioned it a few times over the episodes, but are these God's chosen people or his given people? If they're his chosen, like, humans, uh, God has chosen over all humans, and all of this seems very bizarre, an entire prophecy based on being furious at your guys for seeking solace with a couple of gods that aren't forever calling them a prick and demanding to go through their phone, gods that aren't entirely going, and who is mum? I see you've got a load of texts from mum. It's it's my mother, the woman who birthed me, you know? What's so special about that bitch? Is she magic? She's, she's not magic, no. Oh, interesting. I remember a time when you enjoyed magic. Apparently now, you're all about non-magic whores. Are you calling my mum a whore, God? Maybe if your mum wasn't such a whore, I wouldn't have to call her a whore, would I? Because these people maybe wanted a break from that bullshit. God is furious. Or are they a group of humanity that was given to him? So all of humanity was divided amongst all the many gods and the god of our story just, don't want to say pulled the short straw, but the only gods that demanded blind love with no exceptions got a group of humanity that had questions. God keeps telling them that regardless of what his people choose to do, terrible times are coming because they deserve it. He still loves them. In fact, he's punishing them and will put them through shit because he loves them so much. And they are far too proud. <laughs> well, hang on. You keep making them win every war and telling them every human is subservient to them and they should murder children and have enemy virgin women as sex slaves and part of their livestock. I don't want to sound pompous, God, but let he is without sin cast the first stone. Now, we're almost at the most ludicrous cake metaphor, but before that, God gets a little soft by saying that he can destroy, but he can also fix. If his people come back to him after a suitable amount of punishment, obviously, then all will be cool. Something about rising again on the third day and then lists everything as people have done wrong. Again, okay, so cake time. Now, I'm not too clear on this metaphor. It starts with his people being bad cake, but then changes to God's chosen people being a hot oven. Like, really, really hot, too hot, hot. And God is a baker making dough for a cake, or bread, probably bread, but let's say cake. The bread, cake, bread pudding, the bread pudding is, I don't know, love? So baker, God makes a love pudding, and pops his love pudding inside his hot people. Now, hang on, no, he puts... He puts the dough that is love inside the oven that is people, but the people oven is too hot for love and burns Baker God's love dough into a crisp because they're a whore and Hosea should never have married that bitch even though God told him to. That's quite enough food 
smut back to some violence. The cheating bastard that is God's chosen people will have this big war with Assyria. Remember that from pretty much all of Bible. Yep, uh, that'll keep coming up. Israel will be exiled, there's chat about them being enslaved, and all this is because God has chosen to forsake them for a bit, just to teach them a lesson, just for smiling at those other gods. But it wasn't just a smile, it meant something. Israel will only know just how fucked they are once it's too late. God's still over them, and there's a bit where we go back to Hosea and listen to how he takes his cheating wife back, just how God will obviously take back his cheating wife. It's, it's a lot, right? It's like someone thinking they'd be better off without their abusive, gaslighting, psychotic partner, so they start meeting people who treat them with respect only for their partner to call them names. Well, call them name. I have never read the word whore so many times in my life. Calls them name and gets his mates to fuck them up, but his mate is a huge empire that will annihilate and enslave them. And all this is just to teach them a lesson, and he will take them back regardless of whether or not they're interested because he loves them. We have a bit of chat about how God's like a lion that'll eat Judah and Israel and he'll eat them deaf in a bad way and make himself their king, an angry, hungry, jealous king. It all ends with God saying, look, Assyria will destroy you, but I do still love you just in a bit of a mood is all and you know how I can be. No apology, just blind rage and fury. There's a real I'm hitting you because it's the only language you understand vibe to this whole thing. And that's, that's it. Strong start to the Minor Prophets, I'm sure you'll agree, but right then, off you pop, have a breather, and I'll see you here tomorrow, and we'll see what prophecies Joel has for us. These 12 Minor Prophets, we're going to knock them out in 12 days. See you later. Congratulations on listening to this episode of Better Bible. Start a club and share your favorite moments. Tell your loved ones we're here, and we will save you. Greg Bless. That's really stupid. Stupid. <laughs>